Well, good morning. It's nice to see y'all, and for those who are watching, it's nice to be here um, speaking with y'all today again. Well, one thing that I've noticed as COVID seems to be rolling back is there's a few little things that I still I still miss. I'm still waiting for them to kick back into high gear. Um, and one, it's it's not very important, but to me, it's it's something important. I'm ready for movie theaters to open back up. Uh, I know we can watch on HBO Max now, and there's all the movies there. And it's I saw Kong versus Godzilla on a small screen, and it just it wasn't the same. There's just something about going to the movies. Uh, it relaxes me. I enjoy it. Um, I just love film. I think film is unique. I think film is uh, better than TV. I just enjoy it more. Um, there's something to a film. It takes you to a place. It takes you um, to a moment, and it tells you a story. And I love stories, so films are uh, what I'm, I'm holding out for, so we'll see, we'll see. I think the Noonan Theater's opening soon. Uh, one film that has always stuck with me is the film Big Fish. Um, I don't know if any of y'all have seen Big Fish. It is a Tim Burton film, so it's a little bit strange, um, kind of spooky, a little mysterious, uh, but it tells the story of a father and son. It opens up with the father telling a story about uh, the day his son was born, and he's trying to catch uh, an uncatchable fish. And he says, I've tried all these lures, and finally I realized that I had to use gold, that this fish would only respond to gold. And so he uses his wedding ring, and he casts the fish out, and uh, the fish, of course, grabs it, bites through the line, and steals his wedding ring. And this whole story unfolds. And as you're hearing the father tell this story, you see the son through the various years of his life. As a little kid, he's enraptured. He loves the story. He can't wait for the punchline. And then as you see him grow older, he's a teenager, and he's like, oh, my dad's telling the story again. Uh, you fast forward to his prom, and he's, he's asking his mom, like, why, is, why on my important day is dad telling my prom date about this story about a fish and catching this fish? Um, and you finally fast forward to the uh, boy's wedding day. And of course, in the father's toast, he is finishing the story that he started at the beginning of the movie. And it ties in, and it's this beautiful thing about love and um, how to catch an uncatchable woman. You have to give her a wedding ring. And it's, it's a sweet little moment, but it has nothing to do with the son. And the son is furious, and he does not speak to his father for four years after this moment, just this break in their relationship. And so I won't spoil the rest of the movie for you. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend. It's one of my top favorites. Um, but the whole story is the father is slowly dying, and the son is taking care of him, and he is telling his father's life story, but constantly he's telling you, this is not what happened. My father is a liar. He exaggerates things. That's part of it. Um, I'm telling you what I've been told, and he is constantly throughout the movie saying, Dad, tell me what is true. Tell me what the true story is. And his father's constantly saying, yes, this is my story. Yes, 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 this, this did happen this is who I am. He literally says, I can't be anybody but myself. This is who I am. And slight spoilers. I'm sorry. The movie's been out for 20 years or something. Um, the father passes away. And as he is passing away, um, there's a whole thing where uh, he doesn't know how he'll die. It's a big surprise. And he tells his son, tell me how it happens. And the son does this incredibly elaborate 
beautiful story. Um, the first time I showed it to my wife, um, we were dating, and it's one of my favorite movies. Um, it made her cry. Um, it makes me cry almost every time. Um, but the father just passes away in that moment with his son finally saying, yes, he agrees with him. He agrees with that, that storytelling. Um, and the movie ends with his, his funeral, and all these people, all these characters show up to his funeral. And the son has this realization that he's been saying no for so long that his father was right. These, these things did happen. They may have been exaggerated, but Edward Bloom was himself. He presented himself honestly. And so he starts telling the stories to his son, and his no changes to a yes. And the last line of the movie is in your meditation today. And he's, he's narrating to us, the audience, and he says... Have you ever heard a joke so many times you've forgotten why it's funny? And then you hear it again and suddenly it is new. You remember why you loved it in the first place. And his son is asking questions about the stories of his grandfather. And the son is transformed and he says yes to all these things. I think it's interesting. If you read Genesis, uh, the Bible starts with God's yes He says, I have made creation. I have made this beautiful, beautiful place. I've made animals and plants. And the pinnacle of my creation is man and woman, human beings. Um, These people are my yes. They are very, very good, is what your your Genesis chapter 1 would say. And there's this dialogue that starts between mankind and God um, that goes all through the pages of the Bible, where eventually they say no. Uh, They say no to that relationship. They hide themselves in the garden, and it's this tragedy of God saying, where are you? Why did you hide? And they they blame each other, and sin enters into the world. And um, you see God trying to initiate this dialogue over and over and over again, again, saying, I want this to be a yes. I want us to be like this again. I want to talk to you. I want you to trust me. Um, And you see with Abraham, Abraham says yes for the most part. Um, but he has a little, a few little no's um, where he tries to fix things to get it, get it how he likes it. Um, with Moses and the people of Israel, you get a massive yes. Um, they agree to be God's people. Um, they enter into a long-term, unconditional agreement with God, and it's yeses all around. And then they actually start. And immediately, if you've read Leviticus or Numbers, There's no's everywhere. Um, They worship a serpent. Um, They complain constantly. They they just turn away as quickly as they can. Moses gets very frustrated. And you have this this dialogue still there, just kind of the the big picture dialogue of God saying, yes, I want this. This is the way we should be. And them saying, eh, yes, but mostly no. A little bit of no, a little bit of yes. Um, You get the law. God gives them the law and as long as you follow the law, yes, you're, you're in business, you are right with God, you're good to go. Um, and if you've continued reading the, the pages of this history, it is simply the story of them saying no, of them trying to say yes, and them honestly saying, eh, I'd rather do this and say no to that. Um, it gets to the point where the kings of Israel are sacrificing their children to foreign gods, um, they're marrying anyone they want. Um, there's just violence in the land. And if you read the prophets, there's this grief that God has um, at being told no, at having this beautiful plan, this beautiful relationship um, of wanting to say yes, and the chosen people 
say, eh, kind of, but, but, but not really. It's mostly, it's mostly no. Um, they have the big yes, they're God's people, but there's tons of little no sprinkled throughout. And it leads to exile, it leads to pain, it leads to suffering, it leads to idol worship. It leads to Israel being scattered and finally coming back under Roman rule. And finally you get to Jesus. Here's a quick summary. You finally get to Jesus and you get one of God's chosen people, a Jewish man, who says yes. No matter what God says, yes. And that yes continues in his life. You can read it in the four Gospels until you get to the cross. And there, humanity says no pretty hard and says we don't want God's way. We don't want God's man to to tell us who he is. We don't want this relationship. I thought we clarified this. Um, Jesus tells the parable of the vineyard and sending servants and prophets and all these people and they kill them and they capture them. And it says in the parable that finally he sends his own son and says, oh, they'll respect him. And in the parable, they kill the son. And in the story, we kill the son. Um, That is the cross. And we spent all of Lent leading up to that. We spent um, Good Friday on that. And the cross is the world's response, the big, big no that's just shouted loudly. But there's a flip side to that in that God has a bigger plan than our yeses and our noes in this dialogue that ultimately in the resurrection, we see God's yes. We see a yes bigger than any no we could ever shout, any rebellion we could ever do. Um, We see Jesus raised up from the dead literally conquering that, conquering sin, conquering everything that we have thrown at this relationship. And we see the dialogue has changed, that Jesus changes everything for us, changes the whole situation. It's not just, hey, we're trying to say yes, but we can't. We're stuck. We're stuck saying no for some reason. In Jesus, we are in God's yes, That relationship is better, it is restored, and it is stronger. And if you've read the New Testament, that story is just the first four Gospels, right? Um, You get the book of Acts after that, and it, it explains what happens, how the church starts. But the rest of it is pastors and apostles and prophets trying to explain what, what just happened. Why is this important? And I don't know about you, I am, I'm the type of person that I need to know why I'm doing something. Um, COVID was good because it gave me time to step back from just normal routine and say, okay, why, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Um, here at work, we have whole staff meetings devoted to why do we do this this way? Can we improve it? Um, it's very useful, right? And so I think Paul, in 2 Corinthians, um, he is the pastor to the church in Corinth. Um, He's not just the traveling missionary, he is their pastor, and he writes these verses and says, because of everything we just talked about, all this history with God, all this yes, all this no, because of Jesus and the cross and the resurrection, Paul can write these verses. And honestly, we could spend at least a month just on these verses and just split them apart and talk about them, but very quickly... Paul says, because of Christ, because of God's yes to Jesus, we know that one person died, that being Jesus, and that we are all alive in him. That sin and death and everything that drags us down is defeated. 
that God says no to that and yes to us being alive in Jesus Christ. And most of the time, that's, that's the whole sermon. That is Easter Sunday, right? Um, we are here, and because of Jesus, we are alive again. Um, we are literally reborn. Um, but Paul pushes on, and I'll push on. If you want to follow in the verses, they're in your bulletin. Um, Paul says, because of this, because of our new life, verse 16, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That we are all different. Um, our sins, our pasts, anything that still clings to us is falling away. It is being destroyed in the light of Christ. That we, we can't have the same relationships with people. He'll say in a different place that we are all equal in Jesus, regardless of race or gender or creed or income or anything like that. We regard them as new creations. We are all citizens of heaven now. We're all sons and daughters of Jesus. And he goes on. There's more. And he says, God chooses to reconcile, to bring the world back to himself. Um, Kind of what we've been talking about, that all those no's, all the no's of people saying, I'd rather do it my way, that God wants those people. God wants each of us to know about him, to be with him. He wants those no's to be yeses. God loves each of us enough that he goes to each of us and says, please, this is, this is life. This is real life. This is, this is better than your nose. This is the yes that just echoes through eternity and gets deeper and better and richer. And finally, the word to us as a church, the word I'd like you to, to hold on to and land on today, is that we, Christians, believers, Jesus followers, however you want to define yourself in terminology, but those who follow Jesus Christ are ambassadors for God himself. I love verse 20. Therefore, Paul uses therefore constantly in this passage, but therefore, because of everything else we've talked about, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal, literally as he is speaking through us, and then he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ." Come back, be reconciled to God, change your no to a yes. And so I say this morning that we as a church, we're not just a country club, though that's fun. Um, We're not just some people who like to get together in nice clothes, um, though that's fun too. Um, We'll have a fundraiser soon and we'll get to eat together. That's one of the most Baptist things we could ever do. Um, But that is not what makes us a church. Um, On the youth side, going to summer camp does not make us a church. Um, Having Sunday school does not make us a church. These are all things that you could get almost anywhere else if you looked hard enough. But what makes us the church is that we are God's voice in this world. That we say yes to what God has done in this book and is doing in this world. That our response to God's call is, yes, Lord. Um, When we come together and we worship, we are saying, yes, Lord, when we pray for each other, we are saying, yes, Lord. When we get together, all of these things, we can get somewhere else, but the reason is different. The relationship is different. Um, we are coming from it at a different angle than we just, we just like each other's company. No, we are coming first and foremost to say, yes, we agree with God and we point to him. That we are not here just to, just to survive Um, just to give me employment, though I thank you for that. Um, We are here to glorify 
God that verse 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are the light on the hill. We are the salt in the earth. We have purpose. And when I was 13 years old and I became a Christian, I thought I was done. I said the prayer and all right, I can sit for the next 60 years, maybe 70 years. And I'm, I'm done. I've done it. Good job. Um, but in reading the scriptures and hearing and praying and listening to God, um, that yes is more than just a handshake and, all right, cool, I have my ticket to heaven. Um, to be the church, to be a believer in Christ is to say yes, to go out into the world, to be that light, um, to be the love of Christ, to be his hands and feet, quite literally, to those who need him. And so I say to you, as, as we come out of COVID, as we get back to normal, whatever normal really means in this world, um, say yes. Think about what God is calling you to do and say, yes, Lord, take this time. Um, we're about to enter into the Lord's Supper, and it is, it is not just a time of looking back, but it is saying yes to all that God has done and will do and is doing, um, that God is good to us, and he wants us to be in relationship with himself and with each other and with the world. And he has brought all of that back into his plan. And we are privileged. We are gifted. We are called. Um, we are made righteous in God's eyes to be able to go out and be the church. And there's power in that. And there's beauty in that. And I love that we are all just, just people. We're trying to do the best we can. And God, in his wisdom, in his plan, in his story, says, yes, I want those people, I will put my spirit on them, and they will speak, and they will move, and they will do for me. And so as we enter into this time, the choir will sing, and then we will partake of the Lord's Supper. Um, take this time to examine yourselves, to think, what is God asking of you? Where have you said no, and where have you said yes? And we will continue to worship together. Amen.